Welcome to Old Town New World. We're here at Millstone Pizza. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Gervais. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, it's Chris. Chris, welcome. Thank you. I'm special and a guest. <laughs> we also have another guy who's tagging along here. We don't, we don't really know him well, but uh, he's, it, we're glad that he was able to join us. We have with us John Geddes, who is the mayor of Rock Hill. Welcome, As it John. turns out. Yeah, be careful leaving an open seat with a beer in front yeah, of right. you. Yeah, I mean, right. No town who will jump in that seat. You never know who's right? going to walk up. Yeah, yeah well, glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you, man. I, I um I know that you uh, you've been mayor now for how long? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, in mayor years, that's like nine years. <laughs> no, it's actually I measure them in dog years. Okay, sure enough. I mean, I've right. aged twenty-eight years the yeah, last right. four. I can oh, promise yeah. you that. Oh, that's how that works. That <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. And you and it, but you weren't new to uh, civic leadership and things like that in Rock Hill when you became mayor. And we'll, and we'll get to all that. But before we do, let's back way up and learn about where were you born where are you from i was born in columbia uh my parents my dad had graduated from law school my mom was a teacher and immediately after being born my dad picked my mom up from the hospital and drove to greenville so my first night being born was in columbia first home was in greenville in the span of two or three days oh wow yeah and lived in orangeburg and columbia again and then I moved to rock hill when i was 13. i moved to rock hill three days before I started seventh grade. And I'm so old, that's when we had junior highs and high schools. So junior high was seven, eight, nine. Y'all don't right. know this, do you? I taught at a junior high. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So you're older than you look. Marion. Yeah, it was up in Marion, North Carolina. Okay. But anyway. Well, so I moved to Rock Hill three days before I started seventh grade. Didn't know a soul in Rock Hill. Got off the bus on the first day and saw these guys standing behind the bus, smoking cigarettes with their shirt sleeves cut out, facial hair huge guys that I turned around and got back on bus and said, you taking me back to Columbia. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been the best move my parents ever made, for That's sure. That's great. So you've been here ever since, I guess. And did you go to college? Or? Yeah, I went to Erskine College, which is over in Due West. Okay. Yeah, that Due West. Okay. Uh, sort of near, for those that don't know, it's sort of near Greenwood, or better yet, it's sort of near Hodges or Belt and Honey Path, or okay. uh, I go so through small town. here. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but people Way on the other works. side, yeah, don't know how to what to call it. That's Do they right. call it Due East? I don't nah, know. yeah, you know, everybody on the other side, they're really sort of confused. Okay, so they call yeah. it Due West. And there's a great bit on a Bill Cosby show years ago about a lady born in or living in South Carolina from North South Carolina near Due West. And as you can imagine, <laughs> yeah, it, it went hilarious. downhill from there. Yeah. All right, so Erskine, and then you went on and you uh, became an attorney, so I guess you did some more schooling after Erskine. I did. I graduated from Erskine in 1991 and started USC Law School in 91, the fall of 91, and while I was there, I got a second degree, so I went three and a half years. I went through the summers and worked um, and got a master's in public administration, oh, wow. just in case I didn't like that law thing. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Well, that came in handy, it turned out. It did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Funny how that worked I out, know, right? It is funny, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you've been practicing law, uh, I guess, ever since you graduated? Or? Yeah, too long. Right. 26, 27 years, I guess, in my 27th year, all in Rock Hill. Started out practicing law with Wes Hayes and Hugh Harrelson and David Guyton and okay. 
they really showed me the ropes. And after six years there, started the law firm with Jim Morton, Morton and Geddes. Oh, y'all started it together? Yeah, okay. 20 years ago this year. Wow, So we're celebrating our 20th years. We went from two lawyers and a paralegal to now we have 15 lawyers and about 15, 17 staff. So wow. Rock Hill's been good to us. Yeah, that's great. Well, I've only heard good things. I know that uh, a lot of the kind of best and brightest in the legal community have uh, come over to work with you guys, it seems. so. Um, yeah, you know, that's the one talent I think I have in life is finding really smart people to carry me. Right, yeah. You know? right. If everybody had that <laughs> yeah. talent, the world would be a better place. Or nobody would get carried, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so uh, what got you into civic leadership and, and, and stuff like that? You know, I, I guess it's just something I always wanted to do. Um, I like to read a lot when I was younger, especially. That was interesting reading. Now it's not so much interesting. Um, and just always sort of had that tug, always been involved, whether it been through my church growing up or school or otherwise, and just always loved Rock Hill. It was just Rock Hill was so good to me, as I said, not knowing anybody when moving here and just the people that, you know, helped me, the school teachers that I still see from time to time that, they were the only ones that knew me because my name was on the roll. Nobody else in the school knew me for a while, or I knew them. And so, to, you know, to come in in seventh grade and make as many great friends and have as many wonderful experiences I've had since then, you know, I can all trace it back to the people of Rock Hill. Did you, were you able to make friends with those tough guys? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I had to have my entourage to yeah. take care of me, that kind of thing. <laughs> those sleeves came right off. Yeah. Theirs, yeah. not mine. Yeah. Come on, those are tearaways, you know. Yeah. 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 These, these arms don't scare anybody. <laughs> well, um, okay, so um, Doug uh, Eccles, who was mm-hmm. the previous mayor, uh, who was mayor for a long time. Doug was mayor for 20 what? years. 20 years decided he wasn't gonna run again? Yeah, so I served on city council from 2008 to 2010, okay, two terms. Yeah, no, no worries, so two terms. And while I was on there, I really enjoyed city council, but realized that I had sort of hit a ceiling with you know what you can do as a city council person and the kinds of things I wanted to do, I think were more attuned to being mayor. And okay. Doug was such a great mentor and I couldn't have beat him if I'd have tried, right. don't get me wrong. Uh, so I had a conversation with him and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a break. And at the time, my kids were playing ball every night. You know, we all know how that is. Yeah, right. And the law firm, that was back in 2010 when the economy was, you know, going south quick. And mm-hmm. we were worried about our law firm and everything else. So just told him that when he was done, I'd like the opportunity to consider it. And, and Doug's been my biggest supporter when I was on council and since. And so when he was ready to retire, you know, I was ready to put my hand in or my hat in the ring, so to speak. That's great. I, just so many good things happened happened under Doug's leadership. Oh, no question. And, uh, you know, and it's kind of like a ground floor kind of leadership. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things, it's like uh, Greenville. You know, Greenville's the 30-year overnight success. Yeah, that's you know right. What I mean? <laughs> and Rock Hill's that now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like people are like, wow, this popped up overnight. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah it's funny over the past... 15 years now I guess almost of, of the amount of things that have shown up that I've been like well that's it I we know we're good now yeah, and then right. it's like, you know six months later something else will pop up and I'll be like no that's it that's I know it. I know yeah. we're even I know we're yeah. even a tier higher and we're good now and it's yeah. like that, that keeps rising yeah for sure yeah and, I think about five ten years probably ten years ago I felt like we had reached that tipping point where we were going to be something yeah. um, and so 
because of the work, not just of Doug, but before him, Betty Jo Ray. Oh, yeah. But more importantly, the people of Rock Hill. When you look back at Betty Jo Ray's tenure, what she did, and Joe Lamford, who was the city manager, did so well, is they involved the community in that empowering the vision effort, you know, that community planning effort. We're sitting outside Millstone, which is a benefit of, of oh, that yeah. and Doug's work. And it was just a matter of how you get the people involved and, you know, start to recognize, you know, small successes build upon themselves. And, you know, one day you really see something big happen. I mean, to your yeah. point, you know, you yeah. see the Carolina Panthers come to town. Yeah, or, right. You know, the first fare-free all-electric bus system built from scratch in the United States or an Ooh, all-American cool. city. That I mean, so all cool. these things aren't because I'm the mayor. It's because of the people of Rock Hill have been working so hard for so long. You know, uh, Stephen Turner taught me, um, I don't think it was overtly, just by example, that you got to have a lot of meetings and you got to take criticism from people who go, all y'all do is meet. Mm-hmm. Because you got to keep getting people on the same page and keep getting input, keep pushing forward, keep updating, keep, you know what I mean? You got to bring in more ideas, you got to work on the next project, you know. So, I mean, it's like herding cats, you know? It is, is, but you reach a point, I think, where people realize, okay, now I understand. You know, and I think, thankfully, in Rock Hill, over the last several years especially, I think we've had more community buy-in than ever before. When you look at the Knowledge Park Action Plan, Mm -hmm. we started that right after I was elected, and it exploded. You know, people were at those first meetings, you were there. And they, they were, these were people that had not been involved in community planning efforts in Rock Hill before. That's what I found really encouraging. And it was inside the Lowenstein building, which the made an impact, mm-hmm. a huge impact. It did. Yeah. And now look at it. I mean, look at the it's University unreal. Center downtown, yeah. over a half a billion dollars of development going on now. The Panther site, which I mentioned, is two and a half billion dollars of development going on all at one time. That's crazy. I mean, all at one time. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, that's that's what I mean to say. When I, I having watched this ch- this town change so much and gone from a place where it was like, I feel good about the fact that we can achieve this vision and this idea of what Rock Hill can be, and then that sort of gone. That's that we moved past that now, and now it's become I, how far is it going to go? Like how it's like it's just it surprises as opposed to oh we're going to make it. It's like surprises on what. It's, keeps happening well i bet it's changing the the things you're having to react to i mean i know when i was real involved uh 10 years ago in economic development here it was like we were having to invent what could maybe happen and then try to just imagine get somebody excited about imagining what could happen versus i bet now you're like people are waiting in line to meet with you to talk about putting money in the ground you know that's that's a good point yeah and and i think the city's done a good job of transitioning from where we're sort of a seller in a buyer's market and now we're a seller in the seller's market right right. and being able to tell people you know we like your idea but it's just with all due respect it's just not good enough Mm -hmm. for what we want to do in the future so let's talk some more and see if we can get there and you know when you have as much success as we're having right now those conversations are welcomed by others yeah and then the ones that it's not welcomed on are really not the ones we want here in rock hill right. anyway yeah. you know we don't want track builders coming in and knocking out cookie cutter house after cookie cutter house right. we want something with good architectural features we want things that we'll look at for generations to come and go yeah we're we're different than anywhere else you know i heard uh david vihan city manager one time say uh it's that extra 10, 15% that you put on a project that makes it be something that 10 years later, you're like, this place is great. Yeah. This place yeah. is amazing. You know, and uh, you got to be willing. You got to have the, I guess you got to manage the public's will to allow that extra 10, 15% if they maybe don't see it, you know. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's where experience really matters. I think that's when you've been out in the public eye, as long as I've been, uh, people trust you because they know you've seen the good and the bad and people are willing to give you a little bit more, I think, room to negotiate without calling you to the carpet. And I think that's really helped us a lot. You know, and I don't mean to always refer to it, but with the Carolina Panthers, you know, we were two or three months there where people would ask me, are y'all talking? I'd say, no. Now, I was lying. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I was lying to everybody's face, but I had to. Right. You know, it was, it was at that point. And I think most people knew that I was not as forthcoming as right. I normally would be. But, you know, when you get into a spot where you've really got to hunker down and have those conversations without people knowing what's going on, I think the people of Rock Hill especially are willing to give someone like me and our city council who of the seven of us uh five of us have served over 10 years wow some with several over 20 years wow. both on city and uh, school board and so when you have such a good strong team like we do on city council it really gives you opportunities that other communities don't have yeah that's a question great. if so if you broke that non-disclosure agreement would, would they send a real panther to your house to yes, clean up they do Live yeah. 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 it's a brutal murder by animal uh-oh that was what he signed yeah right. you always send the puppy dog out first see what yeah, right. happens before you go out in the morning <laughs> yeah. right um you know that i mean that's transformational project that what's happening down here is transformational um i mean what happened many years ago on cherry road with cherry park was transformational manchester was transformational you know there's these big kind of projects and, and centers uh that have we've been really successful with um over the decades and mm-hmm. i you know uh I, I, as, as you came on to be mayor, you know, like we were talking about, there was a, a tide of, of, of rising in influx, but I, I guess you are, have to be concerned with um, protecting things, maybe mm-hmm. thinking about equity beyond uh, just economic, uh, economic development. Absolutely. You know, in my mind, I've been saying this for a year now in in public, we've got to have a three-legged stool of economic development. When you look at downtown as one leg, the Carolina Panthers franchise is another, we have to have that third leg, which is the south side of Rock Hill. Mm -hmm. How do we make sure that all of Rock Hill has the same opportunities? How do we make sure that all of Rock Hill looks like all of Rock Hill Mm -hmm. and that the people of Rock Hill, no matter where you're born, have opportunities? Mm -hmm. And so that's the Southside Tax Increment District. Uh, just two a uh, month ago, the City Council voted to create a TIF district or start the process of that by passing a resolution, which now is in the hands of the school board and the county council. And the hope is that they'll sign off on like they did downtown, like they did uh, with the Panthers site, like uh, they've done with other TIF projects like Tech Park and otherwise over the years, so that we have an opportunity to make the South Side just on the upside of progress. Well, so I'm going to do a little explainer on some of that for uh, for our one for our listener because he he may not know what that means. Um, but I will say before I explain that, I commend you on uh, working collaboratively with the county and the school board um, because that's hard to do because you know they're representing what they're representing in the way they see that they should be doing it, and 
sometimes they don't all those don't align real obviously you know what i mean oh i do i yeah. know very well <laughs> i'm sure you know what i mean yeah so congrats on uh getting folks to work together on these things um, well thank you we're, we're working on working on it so okay, we'll see good. where we all end up <laughs> you got to do that first that's yeah right. i hope that you worked on working on working on it well yeah, that's true we did just the prep keep work working and work. see where that work takes you to working on it yeah then we work on it later but uh we'll rework but um so let me explain here about a tax increment finance district. And John, you tell me where I'm where I'm misspeaking here. But um, basically, the idea is that if you've got an area that arguably can't really uh, the private sector really can't develop because it maybe lacks some public infrastructure, and so you you essentially take out kind of a bond or a loan so that you can spend public money to put in infrastructure that will lead to private development. Now, when you do that, it freezes the tax money coming in from that area, so it stays at the same level, right? So people right. are paying taxes, and that money's going to the school district, it's going to the county, it's going to the city, and right then you freeze it and so the same amount is gonna keep going to those three entities, but as the area grows, all that new tax money won't go to those three areas, instead it'll go to paying back that loan, basically, that put that paid to put in that infrastructure to begin with. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely right, with one just tweak we don't borrow the money until we have the tax revenue so as projects come on you buy you borrow smaller amounts gotcha. until you see a critical mass and then maybe okay. you refinance you do what others but the city never is on the hook for that debt nor is the county nor is the school district okay. the property tax revenue in that district is what's used to leverage the debt gotcha. so they don't come to your house and knock on the door and say hey I want my mortgage payment if it's short right right they don't you don't borrow money unless you have the revenue Revenue beforehand okay and but the beauty about it is it's property taxes it's mm -hmm. real property taxes so something's built they're always going to pay taxes right yeah the taxpayer may go under but then somebody like you or, or somebody else property has them, to pay taxes. that's exactly right exactly so yeah. you don't have to worry about the funding stream right okay good so uh, it's a way to put in the public infrastructure that will support private development mm -hmm. to happen um, and so the idea with the TIF district that is, I guess, in the Saluda area, mm -hmm. south side of Rock Hill, is that if infrastructure is put in there, then that area could could blossom and, and develop. Yeah, that's right. And, and what you try to do is find private developers who come in and say, look, I can't build here because there's, there's not adequate curb and gutter, mm -hmm. or there's not adequate uh, availability of this public ability, uh, you know, parking parking issues, and so the public monies, the property taxes would in effect pay for those public improvements. Mm -hmm. You can't give the money to the private developer. Yeah, right, yeah. This is the same way the Panthers project works. Okay. The taxes uh, levied aren't given to the Panthers. They're used to pay for the roads, the sidewalks, gotcha. the trails, all the public amenities. Okay. And so it's, a, it's a, you know it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. Now, is there any um, protection against, and I don't know if this is the role of government necessarily, but, I mean, is there any protection against uh, gentrification in the process of this development of Southside? Well, gentrification is happening now on the Southside. Yeah. You can go out now and find a house for sale on Crawford Road for $250,000, wow. right? Yeah. So it's there. Uh, if the city's not out there in a positive manner related to public infrastructure, I think we'll see more gentrification okay. than we'll see with the city out there okay. because part of these monies uh, that are earmarked that come in from these property taxes, we've come up with a list of the ways to spend it. And 
The number one on that list is affordable green housing. Oh, wow. You know, how we figure that out. Now, how do we figure that out? I don't know. Right. But you can't figure it out if you don't have a funding stream. Right. So we've got to sit down and, and do that. And I'll tell you, when you're preparing this resolution that you hope the county and the schools will sign off on, you have to, as, as the city, we have to say, over 30 years, we, we believe we're going to spend X amount of dollars in public monies in this district, in this area. You have to put a cap on it. And so we put $225 million. That's what we said on the south side, we're going to spend $225 million on public infrastructure. Now that number might sound familiar. If it does, it's because that's the exact same amount the city, the schools, and the county agreed to put in public infrastructure for the Panthers complex. Oh, wow. And to me, the Panthers, uh, the redeveloping down uh, the south side of Rock Hill is just as important to the future of Rock Hill as the Carolina Panthers franchise. Well, that's a bold statement. Not one person less and not one penny less. And so I think there's there's no argument against doing this. If you are for the Panthers, you should be for the south side. Boy, that's awesome. And it makes just geographically it makes sense that you know if, if the sort of riverwalk area is this and then the panthers is just more south than that and you know manchester already took up the next kind of space one more and you know you get to the area you're talking about That's right. yeah absolutely and so i mean as the panthers south um <clears throat> so i guess the the kind of area between rock hill and the panthers uh is all an area that you'd want to see with positive development uh happening there too i mean well, yeah, I mean, if you're talking, that's Riverwalk on one side of the interstate and the Panthers are on the other. And okay. so if you go north, it's pretty much developed out. And then to the south, as you point out, is Dave Lyle. Okay. But the real trick on this, this south side tiff, as we're calling it, you know, the we're bringing development in to basically from exit 77, you know, where Flash's Fireworks is mm -hmm. right there. If you go from there south to Porter Road and you come okay. down a little bit further and then come back into Rock Hill. So the real development area is making sure we get Albright Road, Saluda Quarter, and Heckle Boulevard. Okay. That's where all the development we want to bring in. But you got to pay for that, right? And so how do you get the tax revenue to come in to pay for real development to happen? Yeah. $225 million. You don't snap a finger and it happens, wow. right? That's yeah. more than we're putting in downtown over 50 years. That's incredible. How do you do it? We've been negotiating and I'm working very hard with some property owners out on the I-77 corridor and explaining to them that if they come in under this TIF, we can use their tax revenues to pay for everything on the south side of Rock Yeah, Hill. that's awesome. And we can do that <laughs> relatively quickly, you know, yeah. 10, 20 years, and cut the TIF off after that. Mm -hmm. Because that's real money and taxes every year. We approved an annexation a month ago, uh, uh, Stephen McCraney's property right off Fire Tower Road. And, if you add up the city, county, and schools tax uh, collections for that property, once that million square foot distribution facility is built, it's $2 million a year. Jeez. So yeah. you take $2 million a year over 30 years, yeah. we're talking some real money there, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then you look at these other properties that we bring up, and if that's the area, because there's not much residential out there at all, it's all sort of now a logistics area of Rock Hill. It's right on the interstate, so you don't have traffic issues in town. You know, all these little yeah. things, you start to realize you can take all this, this revenue that's coming from out on I-77 and bend it towards making sure we see that the equity you mentioned but yeah. what i mentioned is just a new marketplace yeah just sure. a new opportunity for all of us so um when you ran the first time what was your platform i guess Do you remember the first time you <laughs> ran <laughs> well, that was you 2001 uh, yeah. when i ran for mayor what was oh. my platform yeah 
You know, uh, when I ran for mayor, I, I told a lot of people, I think, I mean, I remember talking a lot about how we need to make sure we created more marketplaces on the south side of Rock Hill. Okay. So I'm very proud of where we've gotten okay, to. Okay, wow, yeah. And we, you know, we talked about a lot of other things. I didn't foresee the Panthers. I didn't, you know, foresee some other things we've been able to do, but making sure that downtown popped. Mm -hmm. I can remember as I was running, sitting in the, or standing in the cotton factory on the top floor at a fundraiser or an event, having people in town. I said, look out that window. In four years, it won't look the same. Mm -hmm. And look out the other window back towards University Center. In four years, it won't look the same. Yeah. We're committed to making this happen. And so after getting elected, I started talking with Britt Blackwell, who was the chair of the county council at the time, because the county owned that site where the exchange, we're sitting there looking at all these yeah. apartments, 230 apartments <laughs> coming up out of the ground. County owned that property. And I sat down with Britt and we talked and talked and we agreed that the city's RHEDC, Rocky Economic Development Corporation, would take an assignment of, of a con would take a contract with the county, which would allow the city through Brownfields grants and others to clean the site up because mm -hmm. it's not going to sell until it's clean. Right. Yeah. We did that. Found a buyer for it. County sold them that property. Uh, I think they made a little bit of money on it. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a clean site and. That TIF's going to get all that tax revenue for the next 20 years. Boy, that's awesome. That's how it works. And now you got 230 apartments coming up. The people, 230 So now these retail with disposable stores. Disposable income. You know, we got a furniture <coughs> store, as we all know, opening up now. Yeah, that's awesome. They're going to that come in and sell. Yeah, yeah, all that. Common yeah. market. Yeah. All that's just building on each other. Yeah. If you look, I do a slide now where, or a presentation, and there are about 12 restaurants, so to speak, in the downtown area. Six of them have opened in this pandemic. Now oh, think wow. about that. That's crazy. That's the hardest kind of job to be successful in, to own a restaurant or a bar, right? Yeah. We all know that. We've heard that our entire lifetimes. Six have opened up in the midst of a pandemic. You know why? Because wow. they knew that our market's going to be good and they wanted to get here before it got too Absolutely, hot. Absolutely, yeah. When so we're, back, we're yeah. pandemic proof <laughs> wow. in Rock Hill yeah. as it comes to business. That's funny. My dad, uh, my dad uh, has always been in the business of like uh, brokering mm -hmm. uh, consumer products to like uh, dollar stores. Mm -hmm. And he would always tell me, say, son, toilet paper sells while I'm sleeping. It sells during the depression. It sells. Yeah. <laughs> toilet paper always sells. That's a good, yeah. smart man. <laughs> I right said, there. yeah, that's a good idea. So, uh, okay, so now you're. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Abby, you're doing a fine job yes, today. Thank you so yes. much. Um, so, uh, as you're running again for mayor, yes. Um, do you have a stated platform? Well, I think first and foremost, we're going to get this Southside TIF done. Yeah. You know, that's a 30-year project. That's a project that's going to take a lot of work to get off the ground and then a lot of work to start planning it so that, you know, we think about what are we building. You know, years ago, we had a lot of conversations in downtown about whether a trolley should be in downtown. We're not going to have those kind of conversations on this TIF. We're, we're going to, to be respectful that the county, once they sign on in the schools, they don't want to answer questions about whether a use like that is really economic development, really driving economic development. And we're going to be very respectful of, of the ability to use their proceeds to build good, strong capital out there, create more jobs, uh, you know, maybe a, an incubator of some, si some such out on that three-point site and certainly grocery store. Yeah. Uh, all these things oh, yeah. we've been talking about for so long. Because oh, it's a food desert out there it's now. It's a food desert, yeah. that's right. And I'll tell you, I've had people in my office two years right after being elected mayor begging them to open up a grocery store. And they would say, yeah, mayor, you know, we just we can't make it work. I said, well, well tell me what it's going to take. 
you know, I got a big pocket. Tell me what, I'm the city hall. Right. Tell me what it's going to take. I'll help cover some of the upfront costs. Yeah, thank you, but that's not going to cut it. Right. You know, I said, well, well, what is it? Never could get a straight answer. Never could get a straight answer. I'd hear things about, well, it's just too costly. I'd hear things about, well, we don't have enough rooftops out there. You know, all these kind of things. And I, I never really bought any of those arguments. So I think it's time that, and this is what a TIF allows us to do, the city go in with this tax revenue, find a site with a private owner, help underwrite some of the, the public cost of that, make sure there's sidewalks, making sure, you know, there's curb and gutter and all that. And let's solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah, we, I realize when you say we have enough rooftops, there's not enough houses out there. I'm sorry. Because yeah, for, right. for a second, I was like, you don't just go find a grocery store <laughs> rooftop, right? In the yeah. woods, you got to build it. Yeah. <laughs> we looked for a rooftop yeah. for this yeah. thing forever. We, we, were, we were out there yeah. for like an hour. We didn't yeah, see we any didn't grocery see store any. rooftops. Yeah, <laughs> They airlift them in if yeah, you're really right. good. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so that's that's economic development speak for homes and people that would buy groceries. Figured it out, but for a second I was like, do they think you just go find it? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, they don't know what they're doing at all. <laughs> I thought they would know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so I, I would imagine that the ability to safely walk to that grocery store would be very important oh, yeah. to the population around there. Absolutely. It's part of it. Street lights, bearing, uh, taking power lines that are above ground and putting them underground like everywhere else in Rock Hill. Yeah. You know, it's these kinds of things that we're talking about that the, the, the public has to have. Yeah. You know, we have to do, we do other places, we have to do them everywhere. What and about it's internet? A, a broadband needs to be higher and better on the south side. It is an allowable use of public funds in a TIF district. Okay. Uh, we've had those conversations. One of my great partners in all things Rock Hill right now is Lester McCorn, who's president oh, yeah. of Clinton College. Yeah. You know, we recently obtained a grant, uh, the Clinton got it with the city's help, uh, to help with health disparities, three and a half million dollars, right? Wow. Defined in that area. Uh, he's been working hard to get another grant to come in to help with broadband issues oh, on that side. That's great. Um, I, I think having this TIF district created gives us arguments with bigger funders like federal government, state government, otherwise, that when you have limited resources, these days it's not quite as limited as it's been in our lifetimes, mm -hmm. right? But these government bureaucrats, and I don't use that term in a negative fashion, they want to invest the public's money in projects that are going to succeed. Right. Well, they won't take chances. Right. I mean, then that's their job, their yeah. career. So our part of that equation is to make sure we've created a TIF district, that we've got a track record of success, which we already do. Yeah, you do. And yeah. how they know it's the safest bet they can make mm -hmm. so that we can get those grants, so that yeah. we can get other things. I mean, I've seen TIFs work since I've been involved. You know, back in 2003, I got involved in uh, this the, the TIF and the extension of the TIF mm -hmm. and all this. I just led to amazing things in this area here downtown. Yeah, downtown story's been parking decks. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. so 30 years ago, City of Rock Hill built its first parking deck right over there off of uh, Main Street and Black Street, and it's fallen down and it's come back up once yeah. or twice. <laughs> and then about 10 years ago, it built the second parking deck right out here uh, at Fountain Park. Mm -hmm. You know, And that was the public part of a public-private partnership in a TIF. The uh, Barnes family of Comporium built Fountain Park Place. The public came in and helped uh, pay for the parking deck that's there mm -hmm. so that you could build a bigger building and get more tenants in there because you don't have surface parking yeah. and built Fountain Park. Wow. Right? Now tell me what your favorite part of downtown Rock Hill is. Yeah, it's everybody's, yeah. right? I, I've been here my entire life and that was, there was one day where I'm walking back from work and I, I'm standing looking at Fountain Park and I'm looking around and I'm like, 
this is, I could be in a whole new place. Dude, like, this is a brand new Friday part of the Friday night, city. I had that. I stood there and I smiled, and I gotta say, I felt proud. I felt of the same Rock thing. Rock Hill and I, what it was. And I felt the, the same thing. Kids were playing, and you know, people of different races, and you know, just like, it just was, everybody was having a great time. I was standing there, it was, I was thinking about being a child in this town, and, and, and I just couldn't help but think about what. I mean, I loved my childhood in this town, but yeah. I couldn't help but think about, for me, that was like hanging out at Cherry Park or whatever, but I was like, if man, as a child, this is exactly what I wanted, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, very cool. I, Again, I was very proud to see it. Yeah. And that's a result of a TIF. I mean, that happened because of a TIF district. Well, nice. why don't we have something like that on the south side of town? Well, we haven't been able to before. We haven't had the ability to do it, but we're at a moment in time in Rock Hill's history, this golden age of Rock Hill that we're living in now. If we don't do this now, we will. I will kick myself yeah. the rest of my life, and I'm I'm not gonna not see this happen. Yeah. Well, um, shifting gears a little bit, I I brag about you occasionally because um, do I owe you money? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's a lot actually. Did I say a little bit? I'm sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> I mean, it's not 225 million dollars. Collecting is a whole it's different, a whole different ball game. Yeah, right. I'm a tiff. <laughs> That's right. So like I'm a bill. Remember yeah, right. the song, the cartel. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, when you uh, were elected, uh, the first how, when was that? Three, four years ago, you said. Yes. Yeah. Finishing my first term. Okay, and it's a four-year term for a mayor. What's city council? How long is city council term? Four years. Four years. Everything's well. four years. Just okay. staggered. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, uh, you contacted me, and I'm sure among many other people, uh, and took the time to reach out, wanted to talk, uh, wanted to hear what I had to say, uh, wanted to hear my ideas. I mean, you know, I have a little business right here downtown, mm -hmm. and I own a building downtown, and I guess that's you know what put me on your list. And I just thought to take the time to want to hear what I had to say after that impressed me. Mm -hmm. Well, I just threw everything you told me in the trash can right out of <laughs> Yeah, but I no, felt good about it. Well, that's, that, and that's what a politician does, right? That's what a politician does, right? does yeah. No, in all seriousness, I, I did do that after after my first election because, you know, it was a hot race, that first one. It was There was no question it was hot. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, after the election was over, we all realized that the thing that unites us is not who the mayor is at the time, it's what can we do? Right. You know, how do we come around and we figure out what we can do? And knowledge, the Knowledge Park Action Plan was oh, something yeah. that I really wanted to see us do. And to have you and others that had shown an interest in making Rock Hill take off, you had to be at the table. Yeah. Right? You can't, I, I think any person that thinks they can get elected to position and know all the answers is the absolute wrong person to vote right, for. Right, yeah. right, They don't. You know, you did, you weren't in the trenches before you ran for office, though you might have thought you were. Right. There's different viewpoints for most everything, and the best thing you can do, I think, as an elected official is just listen to people. Mm -hmm. Just listen. Yeah. It's not hard. Right. You know, it's just time. Yeah. And it's just a matter of trying to figure that out. And, and then making sure you've got a team that knows how to get things done. And the city of Rock Hill and their management team is second to none in that regard. That's great, yeah. So is the race, uh, I don't even know, I mean, I, and I don't know if, if you're the one to speak to it, but is the race as contentious as it was last time? Oh yeah, every race is contentious, <laughs> right. You know, when it's an open seat like it was four years ago, Doug Eccles retired, so it's an open seat. And, you know, I thought it was best at the time to talk about, you know, 
hopefully things that made people comfortable so that whoever they chose, they knew sort of what to expect mm -hmm. after the election. And then it went to a runoff, and then it was more about how you show the other person isn't ready for something right, like right, this, right? Yeah. And well, thankfully, the people of Rock Hill uh, entrusted this four years to me. I think I've delivered. I, I think, think so. we've done some yeah. great things. And this time around, you know, I'm an incumbent. So, you know, people want to take shots and figure out what you haven't done, what you have done. And quite honestly, you know, we've been running for this seat for three or four months now, some for a lot longer than that. And I haven't heard any policy disagreements. Oh, really? And that's that, you know, I should, probably shouldn't say that on air because yeah, I'll hear them now. I know, yeah. Yeah. But I take a lot of, uh, of comfort, in, and I'm going to bring that up at the appropriate time. Yeah. But, you know, when someone's been an incumbent for four years and all you can do is talk about this or that that doesn't have anything to do with what you've done, right. then maybe, just maybe, this isn't a, po a conversation about where we're going. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, a, a person-centric argument than right. a public-centric so argument. So how do you keep it from becoming like this nasty stuff we see on the national level that's just so unhealthy? and disastrous for our country. Aren't sure, we? I agree. Well, you know, I don't know the answer to that, right. but I'll tell you my theory. My theory is, what the first of all, the city of Rock Hill is a nonpartisan race, right? So you don't sign up as a Democrat or Republican. Okay. You put your so name on the ballot. That helps. I think it helps. Now, not everybody looks at it that way, of course, right. but it, it does help in that there's no expectation that you have to carry the water of certain arguments, gotcha. right? Gotcha. And the other thing I really like the way about the city of Rock Hill does this is our election is October 19th. That's not the traditional voting day, mm -hmm. which means in order for people to come vote, you really gotta contact people. You gotta explain to people, this is why I'm running, or this is what I think we can do. And I think that that helps as well. It sort of gets away from that party-centric kind of argument. Oh, right. But the thing I'm most thankful for and proud of and what I'll never change as long as I'm mayor is that this gives you an opportunity to share what you think. It's not about arguments. It's about the argument. And so what I've done or tried to do until now is create this uh, plan so that right now when you have your candidates arguing for why he or she should be the mayor, they're talking about the south side of Rock Hill. And that's what's on the ballot in my opinion. And then the question is, who's shown up, who's done the things, who's put things in place so that that is the conversation? Because after the election, if I'm fortunate enough to win re-election, I'm going to claim a mandate that we're going to do the South Side and the voters supported that. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Hey, and I so to me, that's the way you run a, a local election. And I learned this the last time is you identify the things you feel like you got to do and you make sure that is the argument. It's not called caught up in these policy arguments that national parties have. Yeah. It's not caught up in other races for, you know, other elected officials. This is purely for the city of Rock Hill. It's our day. October 19th is our day to decide who we want to be and what we want to be for the next four years. So what do you say to the person that says, um, look, the south side of Rock Hill is not my problem. I don't live on the south side of Rock Hill. Like, I'm not... That's not my, I'm not paying for that. Sure. And you're not. Nobody's paying for that. The businesses that develop on the south side are paying for that. That's the beauty about a tax increment district. I live, I don't live on the south side, so my property taxes will not go up because of a TIF agreement. My fees will not go up because of a TIF agreement. But what I will see because of a TIF agreement is a marketplace created where there's not one now. Right and a marketplace created where it needs help to get started, just like we did for downtown, 
just like we're doing for the Carolina Panthers, just like we did for Riverwalk. So we've got all these marketplaces out there that make us the community that we are. We're not taking money from one side of town and putting it on the south side. We're letting the south side pay for the south side. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's great. Someone may say, well, just raise taxes on everybody and spend that money. Don't do a tip. Well, no. Because if you do that, you've got six city council members that go, hey, I want a piece of that. Yeah, right. And one, we couldn't pass a tax increase because City of Rock Hill didn't increase our taxes. We haven't since 2005. Wow. So we're not going to. Yeah. We're letting growth pay for itself. Well, people love to pay more taxes. Yeah. They usually ask. They, they offer they Call me up at night yeah, and say, right. will you please go up <laughs> yeah, on my right. tax bill? I, I found and, some money behind the TV. Right. Yeah, I was hoping I could give it to the government. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, in, in York County, the county bill, the school bill, and the city bill are all on one. You know, we only have one tax bill that includes everybody's allotment. So if you really want to pay more taxes, thank another governmental entity on that one bill. It ain't going to be the city of Rock Hill. Uh, so I don't know if a lot of people understand how all that works. I mean, I, I barely understand the millage and all that stuff and right. where your money's going and all that. And then, it, uh, and people so misunderstand. You know, they hear anything is about to happen. They're like, I'm not, I'm not paying for that. You yeah. can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So um, I've got three boys. I've heard yeah, right? that. Right. <laughs> you can't yeah. tell me what to do. Oh yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's so, good. I, go ahead. I would say, what, so what, what about the people who say October 19th? That's when I buy my Halloween candy. Yeah, right. That's when I buy my Reese's. Or I didn't even know y'all were doing an election. Yeah, well, there's definitely people like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. You know, four years ago when we ran, the run, we went to a runoff, and the runoff election was on Halloween. No so way. we don't want to do that uh, again. How many right? people voted in the runoff? Uh, Twelve. Uh, you asked me that question. It was it was more than voted in the general election oh, no the way. first time. It wow. actually went up. Oh wow! Did any Draculas vote or yeah. ghosts or yeah, mummies? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't check their ID, right? They're invisible when you look at something, yeah, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how you figure that out. <laughs> One or two. <laughs> Count. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's who counts the votes yeah, on Halloween. Yeah, One, <laughs> two. <laughs> See how we're sophisticated. Yeah, if not I, anything I, else, I we're, understand. we're sophisticated. Yeah. how the second beer brings us yeah, out here. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I understand politics now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Now I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, do you have like a commercial? I mean, or is it the South Side? Is that the commercial? No, the commercial is what we've done over the last four years. Is how we as a community continue to push we as a community forward mm -hmm. together. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've done. The last four years, we were named an All-American City. You know, for that's a pretty big deal, yeah. if you ask me. You know, in the last four years, we created a fare-free all-electric bus system. That's a pretty big deal. So what is that? What is that? Tell us what that is. That's my ride. You know, my ride is an award-winning uh, fixed route. It has four defined routes, uh, bus system, so that if you're on the line, you can get on a bus and you can get to a grocery store and buy vegetables and wow. fruits. If you're on the line, you can get in the bus and you can go to your job. You don't have to worry about waking up one morning, turning your key and your, your battery not turning over. Yeah. Or you can go to the doctor or the hospital and visit your mom or your cousin where you couldn't get up there and see them before, yeah. right? Or you can come to Fountain Park and have a nice evening, that's Friday, exactly right. food truck Friday. That's right. Yeah. So you can do those things. And that's that's the first public transportation uh, 
all electric transportation system from scratch ever built in our country. All electric. All electric. Wow. And you don't pay a dime. It's you just great. get on a bus and you don't hear anything. You don't see any exhaust and you just ride around. And I have to thank Winthrop University, Piedmont Medical Center, and Family Trust Federal Credit Union who partnered with the city to make that happen. That's really incredible. Yeah. And it's, I heard it's invisible like the Wonder Woman plan. It is, yeah. It's with the right last time. And invisible, yeah. yeah. And we're ready, I think, ready to do another route, but we need another sponsor. So, you know, if we, there's a big business out there that's ready to invest in the people of Rock Hill's future, we can do a fifth route. I'm excited well, to do that. Well, if it's about 10 feet, Revenflow might be able to get help go. out. There you go. <laughs> if it's any longer than that, I don't know if we'd have much to offer. <laughs> Believe me, I understand that. Yeah, completely. right. <laughs> so um, that's pretty amazing. I, I heard one time, uh, either I read it on Twitter or I mm. heard it on, uh, I don't know where I would have heard it, but you podcast. You tweeted it on Reddit? Yeah, I tweeted it on Reddit. Or I, <laughs> yeah. That takes time. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, but somebody said, it's not what was it? It's the, it's not the dog in the fight. It's the fight in the dog. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, boys. That's what I heard. No, but uh, it was about the idea that um, the the economic status of the people who use public transportation, because when you have a higher economic status of people use it, you tend to have, and this might be sad to say or hear, but it's the truth. You have clean, well-managed, well-taken-care-of public transportation because you have people that that have and feel like they have a voice in the public process riding it and able to bitch when someone is, like, not mm-hmm. working, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so uh, do, do you feel like we're getting more people that maybe used to would have never ridden public transportation to start to do it? or? Well, before the pandemic, you know, there's always BP, right? right. So before the pandemic, um, our goal was to have 4,100 riders a month on our system. We were almost 6,000 a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Buses were immaculate. Everything's great to your point. Since the pandemic, you know, we had times where we had to suspend the downtown route on Sundays, where we've had to suspend another route because we just didn't have drivers, Mm -hmm. but due to people being isolated or quarantined. Um, and so they came down, and, and you could only put a certain number per bus. You, know, oh, you had right, to socially yeah. distance and all that. So our numbers went down. They're trending back up and have been for some time, um, but it's not where it was before the pandemic. Of course, we're not out of the pandemic yet either, so hopefully we'll get back to where we are. But we were exceeding our expectations. Uh, just recently, uh, we were, well, not long ago, we were given an award for this from the Municipal Association for My Ride. And just recently, I actually got an award for being an advocate for public transportation. Legislative year in South Carolina. Oh, wow. Not that I did anything good other than I'd get out and say, guys, we got something great here. Yeah, Let me right, tell you about yeah. it. That's I mean, that's great. all I had to do. Well, congrats. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, thank you. That was more an award to everybody on city council and the management team for making it happen, but you know, they have to give it to somebody. Yeah, right. Somebody got to smile for the pictures. That's right. <laughs> um, That's how it works. So, uh, speaking of the pandemic, uh, I, I say unfor- that it's been unfortunately, and I, I think that's an understatement of the century, but unfortunately politicized uh, to the point to where it's deadly in some ways and uh, that, that could have been prevented. But that's driven by a national, heated, ugly national conversation. How do you as a local leader deal with just logistic, pragmatic health and safety issues when people are kicking and screaming on Facebook every day? 
or you just a, ignored Facebook? Or what I was do you picking do? up a porcupine. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we all know what the national uh, conversation, state conversation, local conversation's been. But I can tell you what the people of Rock Hill and and outside the people of Rock Hill did. You know, this past. January, uh, in many conversations with the head of our hospital, Martin Osaka, and, and let me just say up front, the city has no contract with the hospital. We can't force them to do anything. They can't force us to do anything. That's just not our game. But we knew this vaccine was coming, and we knew it was going to be hot and heavy once it got here. People, there would be a high demand for that. And so we had several conversations, and then Martin Osaka, the head of the hospital, and I, and Jimmy Bagley from the city, agreed to create a vaccination clinic in Rock Hill. We called up the Norman family, got a vacant storefront out of the Galleria Mall, and in eight days we went from no way to distribute the vaccine to a community vaccination clinic. The City of Rock Hill, Piedmont Medical Center, community vaccination clinic, staffed by volunteers. We had over 1,600 people from around the county, Fort Mill, Clover, York, Rock Hill, uh, come into that clinic every day. We did it four days a week, and we put in 50,000 shots in 59 days of operation. Oh. We saved lives. Yeah. yeah. We made people not sick yeah. because of that. And it wasn't because, well, it was because of the city in Piedmont, because they got together and, and talked it out and figured out how to do that. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I got a lot of credit to, to Martin Osaka in Piedmont. You know, as mayor, I was all in on getting that done, and I was beating on people to yeah. get that done. But the worst that's going to happen to me is it fails, and I tried real hard, and maybe they elect somebody else. Martin Osaka, that's his job. Right, yeah. If that thing doesn't work, and if there's some question about the city dropping the ball, he loses his job. Right. Right? Career, yeah. And so Rick Lee, who's on South Carolina's DHEC board uh, that distributed the vaccines, he was an integral part of that. Uh, and then the Chamber of Commerce, Amy Falkenberry was their local uh, appointed head, I guess is the right conversation. Uh, right uh, title for her, the community member leading the board, uh, got her in the loop. And, you know, I'm very proud of 59 days putting 57,000 shot, 50,000 shots in arms. I was there 57 days of those 59. And every morning I would go and I would greet our volunteers and I would tell them, you know, especially at the beginning of this, when it was winter, when you would drive out to the back end of the mall in the morning, I would look at the hotels and there'd be no cars in those parking lots. And we live by sports tourism in Rock Hill, oh, yeah. right? No cars in the parking lot. Everybody was scared to death what was going on back then. If you remember, that's when the numbers were, until now, the highest. And, and nobody really knew what was going on. We didn't have a vaccine. People were scared. People were mad. And I would go in every morning and I would thank our volunteers and I would tell everybody, our generation is going to be defined by how we approach this virus, how we reacted to it. Yeah. And you, the volunteers of Rock Hill, showed up this morning and you're holding the line. You're making sure that people that come in here scared to death, come in here worried about what's, what's going on in their lives, not able to see their grandchildren, not able to live life like they have their entire lives, yeah. expecting to come into this vaccine clinic and it be a train wreck. They're expecting it because everything else has been. And you would see after about 20 minutes when they would be going back out the door, 25 minutes they'd be going back out the door, they would have a spring in their step. And it wouldn't necessarily be anything other than they had a vaccine or shot in their arm, so they knew they were on the back end of some things. But they also had hope. Yeah. And they also had confidence. And that was things in our community that we just didn't have, not because of Rock Hill, but because of the world. Yeah, right. And the people of Rock Hill stepped up and did that. And the people outside the city of Rock Hill stepped up and did that. 
The governor's issued a proclamation congratulating us. DHEC recognized us for all that. We did something in Rock Hill that no other community did in South and North Carolina. I think that is a testament to the community we live in. And when you know you do that as a community, you can you can pretty much tune out a lot of that national that's dialogue. Good. That's good. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I would say that part of what you just said is part of what we were witnessing at Fountain Park on Friday night. You know, there's an energy. Yeah, it is. It's a community. There is an energy to that. Yeah, for sure. Very cool, man. Um, okay, great. Well, I, you know, we we John uh, appreciate you uh, being with us, and we want to give you the opportunity to. Um, talk about anything that you think that people need to hear that our our listener he, he's very interested and, uh, <laughs> and he might want to hear anything you have to say about Rock Hill sure well you know we live in a city that that we're very fortunate we live in the southeast we live in a community that's done very well over the last 20 years especially a community that involves its people a community that wants to hear from its people and a community that's had a, 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 a line of successes over the last five, six years, no question about it. Uh, these are things that people of the community have said they wanted. You know, we have these key influencer meetings, and people talked about public transportation. We have that now. You know, we talk about making sure that we had a community all, for all. I think we're getting that with this TIF district, and my hope is that you're that one listener, and you're listening. <laughs> that you'll think about how you can help educate others as to why this is the right thing to do. This isn't an equity argument with all those connotations. This is how we make sure that all of Rock Hill has the opportunities that all of Rock Hill deserves. It's very similar to Miracle Park. You know, we opened up Miracle Park this past weekend. We had the first park built of this scale in the United States of America so that everyone, despite your ability, has a place to play. Now. You know, every, you can always say that everybody has a place to play in any community, but in fact, there are physical and other limitations that no longer prohibit you from playing in Rock Hill. And no other community can say that. And I think that's just one argument on top of many other. It should make us all feel proud of what we're doing, but should also challenge us to realize there's a heck of a lot more we can do. That's wonderful. And Miracle Park is a park for the other, otherly abled, the disabled and otherly abled. Exceptionally abled. Exceptionally abled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but people who are locked out of participating in things just for physical obstacles. Yeah, and sensory. I mean, that's and the sensory. beauty about okay. this. This isn't just physical issues. These are sensory issues okay. and others. So that, you know, for the first time in, in my lifetime and probably the first city, I've been told the first city to do anything like this from the company that is help get this done based out of Minnesota. There's no other park like this in our country. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, none. And this was begun, and this is the story, by a group of people sitting around a table right here in this restaurant saying, hey, John, we got this idea. What do you think we can pull this off? And I said, well, of course we can. We're Rock Hill. That's awesome. Well, it seems like we have a growing list of things that you're not going to find anywhere else yeah <laughs> either on the eastern seaboard or in the nation or i mean you know what i mean like the bmx thing and right. the velodrome and the, you know uh this miracle park and it's really really carolina panther carolina panther yeah. yeah that's funny that's kind of what i was saying earlier about you know there was a time where it was like boy it would be awesome if we had like a Mexican restaurant, yeah. Yeah. Rock Hill, yeah. you know. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. We're like, if there was only a pizza place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now here we are. Yeah. But but you're right. 
I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we could get that roof off of downtown yeah. so it didn't smell when you went shopping? I think we should yeah, put it yeah. back on. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> no more beer for you. Yeah, right. right? Hey, me, you hey, Joe Lanford and I have an idea we think you need to hear. You can get those airlifted in. <laughs> you can get, hey, I'm walking around the south side of Rocky Island. I couldn't find a, a roof for downtown. I'll make you look Everywhere I look. <laughs> There's a lot more things, of course, that we don't know yet or publicly don't know yet that are coming that I think will be just as exciting, just as more um, jetpacks. Creating opportunities, I think zip lines Ooh. downtown. How about just that? Just zip lining all through yeah. downtown. From that building to the next one. That'd just be cool. Maybe we can't do the roof. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ditch the roof. I just hate that we skip jetpacks. Of all things that we look forward Again, to, no kids, with with the jet packs. Again, no roof with the jetpacks. That's gonna be nasty. So hopefully, Rock Hill jetpacks, <laughs> the only city in the United States. Free jetpacks, electric home to jet work packs. in two minutes. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. It's an idea. It's an idea. It's not a good one. Yeah, but it's not a good one. It's an idea. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here. Before I let you go, I got to say a couple things. Sure. One is, I love how you've mastered saying South and North Carolina instead of North and South Carolina. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, secondly, I remember you from. Way back in the day, from oh Saturday Night Live, oh yeah, <laughs> from Thursdays. Thursdays was a, a, a restaurant in Rock Hill where young professionals would uh, get together after work and hang out. And uh, my uh, wife now and uh, girlfriend then uh, waited tables there. And I just remember there were always a, a group of guys hanging out there, probably talking power business. I don't know. That wasn't me. We were talking <laughs> football. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, good crowd. You ever keep up with any of that crowd? I guess you, you're friends with people still. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, as I said at the beginning, the, the people of Rock Hill have been so good to me, and there's so many great friends that I still have. You know, we're all getting older every day, and we're all worried about the same things now, which are different from back then. Right, yeah. Worried about our kids, where they're going to yeah. get out of college, where they're going to go to college. Yeah. Where they're going to get a job that, you know, that they're happy with, and whether our parents are going to be okay. You yeah. know, these are big, big conversations you have now. And thankfully, God made beer. Yeah. Right? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it's been an honor to have you, John. We appreciate it. And uh, I guess uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time on Old Town New World. Yep. I'll see you out there. Find me a roof. Find Chris a roof. If Find me a roof. Give me a roof. <laughs> see, if anybody sees a roof, hit We're that like button. <laughs> We're building a downtown. Just, we, make, yeah, <laughs> just make sure whoever you have next is sitting in the seat because if it's vacant, I'm going to jump in and get uh, it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We learned something today. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so who is this guy again? He's mayor or something? <laughs> <laughs>